Mad hot sucks the people he likes. Mad hot sucks the people he likes. Mad hot sucks the people he likes. And today he's talking to you. Yeah. Mad hot is doing this podcast. Mad hot is bringing great guests, and I'll go around the world and hear what people say, and I'll bring you great content. We're welcoming you. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Matt Hoss Talks to People He Likes. I'm Matt Hoss and today we have a clanger of an episode for you. Because uh, I think today, not only do we have an amazing group of people talking to us today, uh, we also have, it's our, it's our first ever improv troupe as well. It's no one other than the very amazing boys from The Noise Next Door. Uh, well, to be very specific, uh, it was Robin and Tom from The Noise Next Door. They uh, they kindly uh, took time out of their tour schedule to chat to me. And we met up uh, a couple of months ago whilst they were on tour at the at Richmond, uh, very close to my, which is my hometown, right? And uh, there's a working theatre there called uh, the Georgian Theatre Royal, which is what, what, where, you're, where you're here. I did my work experience from. And we met there uh, just before their show, and we talked uh, in the green room, just talking about all the different things um, uh, about what was going on with the show. But beyond that, we also talked about so many interesting things. And as a comedy nerd, I really got my heels into this one. We talked about working as a group, uh, like the support you give each other on tour, and how the tours are built as well, uh, the different roles within the group, uh, both uh, how they react with each other on stage, and uh, how they, uh, the kind of stuff that they contribute off stage as well. Uh, uh, we also talked about the lineup changes uh, and you know, the different groups have been affiliated with, uh, and we talk about the Edinburgh Fringe as well. And I've got to say, this episode has the most positive viewpoint of the Edinburgh Fringe I've ever seen. And uh, as you know, it's very. Uh, it, this is coming out in July. Uh, if you're listening from the future, it's uh, about three weeks away from uh, Edinburgh Fringe. And if you need a little bit of a kick up the butt, this is the this is the interview to do it because. The way they talk about Edinburgh Fringe is so refreshing, it'll make you so positive as well. As for performers and for audiences, I guess. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot, lot going on there. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's a, it was a really fun interview to do. And at the end, there's a lot of silly questions. And I got a brand new one, which is one of my favourites. So, without further ado, like, honestly, Noise Next Door are uh, one of my favourite groups in the world. So... And I'm sure by the end of this conversation that they will be yours too. So without further ado, let's listen to episode 31 of Matt Hoss Talks to People He Likes. It's time for The Noise Next Door. I hope you're ready for our podcast today and I hope you're ready for what we're about to say. And you can come for you on a bus or a train because we're going to go straight inside your brain. Get ready for the podcast. Yeah. Hope you're ready for the podcast. I bet you're ready for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you're probably ready. Enjoy the podcast. We're staying in like a village, like oh, lovely, literally, like what, like two miles away. It's really close. Mm. Um, so when, whenever we talk, we like we try now to get like an Airbnb or something like that because it's yeah. way better than staying in a hotel. Like yeah. staying in a hotel is so impersonal and it gets so expensive because of all the food you have to buy. Yeah. Whereas yeah, at least yeah. now we can buy go to you know a shop and just buy normal people food and yeah yeah, yeah. stops us getting fat as well. Which is great. 
I mean, <laughs> stops us. It, it might slightly help redress the balance. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm too far gone uh, to, to stop getting fat. I might have to s- slow down becoming terrible. <laughs> but I think that's already um, quite a sweet way to uh, do a tour as well. Because, like, again, if you're... Especially more about the stand-ups when it's just by yourself in hotel rooms all the time and get so... Uh, you know, it get very dull and quite depressing quite quickly. So um, it's quite nice that you have that kind of uh, that internal support group, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, it's the best thing about working in a group, really. Like, yeah. I never wanted to do stand up at all. So mm-hmm. I've only ever been interested in working in groups. It's only just for that very reason. Yeah, I yeah. hate the idea of sitting in a car, like having maybe like a tougher gig, yeah. and then sitting in a car for three hours driving home, just constantly thinking about how. I am entirely, a, entirely responsible and B, not being able to talk to anybody about it. At least when you're in a in a group, if you mark something up, A, somebody's there to help you out of that corner on stage. But B, or point out how much you just messed up. Yeah, yeah. but which also... You does, idiot! <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. But then also, like, if you are feeling a bit low about something, like, it's not gone so well, yeah. then you don't have to just to sit yourself and think about it. It's really, I yeah. way prefer it. I think that's why stand-ups often have tour support. Mm. Not because they need someone to fill 20 minutes before they go on, but because, yeah. my God, what a lonely thing it sure. is yeah. to be a, a stand-up. And on a tour, if you've got a lot of dates, on this one, I think we've got like 80... 85, I 80 think, something, yeah. nearly 90 dates. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if we were just doing this on our own, oh, I can't even... Kind of, I, I can yeah. understand the need for a tour support. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just having a mate, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. And so, yeah, because it's the four of us, we don't need a tour manager, we don't need a, yeah, yeah. We don't need a tour support. We, yeah. Between us, we can do all the jobs, theoretically. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the only, the only job we don't really do is book this tour, so we have a tour booker who does yeah, it for yeah. us. And he's done such a good job on getting just sort of like geographically, like sometimes in the past... You know, we've been on tours or, or, you know, seen people who are doing tours. And it looks like whoever's booked that tour just has never looked at a map of the UK. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> it yeah. looks like a nightmare. Whereas, like, our guy, uh, his name's Mark, he's great. And he has booked us sort of to go... So this week, we're doing, like, bits in the northeast. Like, yeah. we're doing bits yeah. and bobs around here. Maybe, like, two hours is probably the furthest we're going, apart from the last day, yeah. which is three, but then that's on the way home anyway, so that's, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just way nicer. We don't, it means we're not buzzing around, you know, Plymouth and then Manchester and yeah. then, you know, Cambridge or whatever. At least we've got a little bit more of a... Yeah, because you see one's like, oh, I'm in Devon one night and Glasgow the next. It's like, yeah. no. I'm and in then Cornwall the next yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Could we not have just switched some of these around? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Bless. Um, but welcome to the podcast, guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Uh, just to introduce you formally, uh, uh, we have Tom. Hello. And we have Robin. Hi. Of the Noise Next Door fame. And uh, it's a, honestly a pleasure to have you here. And we're, we're currently in the Georgian Theatre Royal in Richmond. Uh, this is I actually did my work experience at this building. Did you? Yes, I did. And, it's uh, such a cool Theater. Yeah, it's um, it's really I, I really love it as well. I performed a lot of my A level drama pieces here as well. Oh, so, cool! Uh, and the, the, the theatre is quite very raked as well, so it's very 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 steep as well. Uh, you performed here before. Both of you performed here before. Uh, right? I've never performed here before. This is my first time. Oh, yeah. lovely! But yeah, I've been here once. Been here once before, and yeah, that rake was a real problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before I had a set that had like these swing doors in the middle. Yeah. And because the rake was so much, every time you pushed the doors open, the set would just start to fall over. Oh my god! It was amazing. I <laughs> mean, the stage itself is steep. Yeah, it's like yeah, it really right. seemed like a ten degree rake. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say I was just in there, and it felt like the audience were flat on the floor. Weren't yeah. They? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's the stage itself. Like when you're on it, you'll really notice it. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, right. Okay. Well, I look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> really add an extra depth to your performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Constantly yeah. staggering around. <laughs> Also, it's got sort of 
two doors on the stage, doesn't yes, it, that lead yeah, to yeah, the yeah. audience, which yeah. is great. Like, it means you can get out into the balcony really, really easily. So yeah. I imagine we'll probably use that later. I think it's one of the oldest working theatres going because it was built, obviously, in the Georgian times and obviously it's been renovated loads, but, like, it's one of the oldest working theatres and actually has, like, a, a proper pit as well. Like, you can sit in the pit and it gets really personal. It's yeah, very nice. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah. And... Um, but yeah, it's, it's great to have you on the podcast. And, Thanks, uh, man. Thanks for having us. So in terms of like, we um, kind of alluded to it earlier, but inside the group, uh, is it, do you all have different roles inside the group in terms of... Yes, I'm yes, the me. leader. Cool <laughs> <laughs> guy, yeah. Uh, Good one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am cool but rude. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Robin is a party dude. Party dude. Sam loves <laughs> machines and... Uh, <laughs> What are you doing? I'm doing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. I was going to say. No, you're not picking up on it. No, I'm, I'm way younger than you. I'm sorry. I was too young. All right. Well, I, I enjoyed that. No, yeah, thanks, yeah, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we, well, we have... Do you mean sort of like on stage or behind the scenes shops? Well, is, is, does it overlap or is it both? Or, um... Yeah, we, we, I think we definitely... Off stage, there are very clear things. I am in charge of tech... And the internet. <laughs> that's my that's my job, pretty yeah. much, for the noise. I'm sort of the uh, the gig booker, so I suppose I have the role that an agent would traditionally have. We, we yeah. don't have an agent or anything, so I guess I do that, sort of booking us any circuit gigs, liaising with our tour manager, uh, corporate staff. And then also, just purely because it's parked at my house, I'm also now doing the car. Okay, yeah. that's cool. And then Sam is just money. Sam does all <laughs> money issues. Matt does images, videos, and anything that the rest of us don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, he, like he's merchandise, he merchandise. Merch. Yeah, yeah, anything like visual Matt does, and then just also, oh, this job doesn't fall into anyone's category. It's automatically Matt. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Oh, you do press as well. You do press. Yeah, I always consider that the internet, but I guess most yeah. people wouldn't think of that. Yeah, as the yeah, internet. yeah. I think that's yeah. important. The in- press, internet. Uh, what else do I do? I just <laughs> said another thing. Tech. tech. I do yeah, tech. Yeah, and tech. Guy. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's really important that um, it keeps particularly because we're a group and it's not like obviously if you're a solo you know that everything is your job so you have to do it otherwise yeah. it'll get missed if you're a group and you you don't have very very clear boundaries and clear distinctions on who's working on what then things get forgotten things yes. get you yeah. know uh, some nobody rep- responds to this email because it doesn't really feel like anyone's job uh, so I guess that's sort of my because I'm like the first contact most of the time yes. unless somebody yeah. already knows they're definitely speaking to Tom or definitely speaking to Sam yeah. if something comes in that isn't really anybody then it would be me who goes who's is it would be me that would tell Matt to do it so has that ever like as said like uh, if you do miss like the thing you have to be working in conjunction all the time as well have you ever like has there been any major moments where you dropped the ball like has something slipped through the net or something like that or I mean, over the years, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Again, like if you were if you were a, a solo act, you, you make mistakes occasionally, and Absolutely. things happen. You yeah, know, yeah. mistakes get made occasionally. Yeah. But I think because we've got the other three to notice the mistakes being made, yeah. they tend to get fixed. You know, yeah. it's not like something will slip everyone's mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, and that's a, a benefit of sort of being a group as well. Like Tom said, like you can't. It, it's very difficult. If as soon as somebody knows something's happening, we talk about it, yeah. and then it's very rare that everybody forgets. So yeah. every now and then, somebody will forget a thing, and so you'll say like, "Oh, dude, what's happening with that particular gig or that thing that we were going to do?" And then if you've forgotten, that's your time to go, "Oh shit, yeah, I better do that." Like, yeah. that's that's actually really nice because like uh, again, just having three of our minds on it as well because. Th- th- I, I do all these things by myself, so I have to kind of have my own brain remind me. But it always, it always is like two days before the deadline. But oh my god, <laughs> yeah. shit! Yeah. Yep. So it's um, yeah, it's always good to have other people to there to support as well. So how about on stage as well? It's a different kind of uh, needs there. Yeah, I mean it is different, isn't it? Very it's, different 
personas on stage. That's, so, yeah, that's yeah. also really important as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think the first thing about um, what we do, I guess, is it's really important that we know and like each other very, very much because yes, yeah. you have to know what... So I'm a bit newer to the group. The guys have been going for many, many years and I've, I'm, I'm very new. I've been here for sort of... Um, like nearly two years yeah, yeah. and um, so when I first started one of the main jobs was me learning everybody's like strengths weaknesses also what they like what they don't like to do yeah. so for instance Matt is an incredibly physical performer he's brilliant he can yes, yeah. physicalise anything whereas I think it would be fair to say Tom you're, you're less physical and that you use your words way more <laughs> yeah I, I barely know how to move <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's important that you don't ever set somebody up for something that you know they can't do you don't, you're not trying to make somebody look like an idiot like yeah, you're trying to yeah. you're trying to celebrate them um, That's can I just say use your words <laughs> yeah, it's like you were telling off yeah. a five year old no, you use your use words use your words use your words, <laughs> use your words you're, very, you're very good at using your words yeah I'm, 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 I'm a smart boy um, <laughs> yeah I use my words use your words but not your legs <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sometimes I do wish we could do the whole show just sitting down. Mm, that <laughs> yeah, would really yeah, suit yeah, me down to the ground. Uh, so yeah, we do have different skills that we lean on on stage. Yeah. And, and then, like you're saying, personas are a, sort of another thing again. There's a different, yeah. I think, on stage, I was joking earlier, I think I definitely am the most authoritative figure on stage. Yes. Yeah. I tend to be law and order in, yeah. in our group. And, um, uh, and then, weirdly, Matt, even though he's very physical and zany, he's quite, he plays... Law and order as well. Weirdly, he's he's very yeah. honest. The scene, whereas Sam and Matt are much more. Sorry, Sam and uh, Robin are much more chaos. They, yeah. they they provide chaos. You can't have all four of us just going off on one because yeah. then nothing happens. Yeah. But it's yeah. interesting, I suppose, the distinction we try and put between those. Because so whilst you sort of group Tom and Matt as sort of like authority and like and like order, what you, I think what I would say is like Tom is sort of like yeah, authority would be the word I would use. Yeah. Whereas uh, Matt is sort of like a sweet agreement to authority like yeah, he, he yeah. will do An the thing absolute yeah. team player on yeah. stage he always does what's needed but he's not in charge of what's needed yeah, yeah. and then with Sam and I Sam is like I always feel I think this is fair rebellious so Sam would do the thing that you shouldn't do yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and then I would say that I, I'm more on like the mischief side of things like yeah. I will I, um, I will often like annoy Tom on stage it's not real annoyance like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. my character oh, whining Tom up <laughs> But Give like, words. if Tom, yeah, yeah, if Tom tells me to do something, I'm the the least likely person to do it. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I think you cause mischief, whereas Sam does rebel. Like, yeah. you, and Sam will like Sam's character on stage will try and usurp the 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 power sometimes, and he'll try and take it off in a different yeah. direction. Whereas Robin, you yeah, more mischievous, where it's more like in the moment, sort of playful yeah. rather than. I suppose, true, I suppose true. it comes down to status, no, doesn't it? It feels like you're like top status, and then on your side of things, it's you, and then Matt is like your lower status mm-hmm. character, and then on mine and Sam's side, Sam is the top status guy, and then I'm the lower status guy. So weirdly, Sam and Tom will sometimes fight for that authority, even yeah. though Tom would always win. Yeah, uh, but this is very nuanced. But it's kind of no, like no, no, this is fascinating. Yeah, it, it's one of those things as well where we can talk about this kind of with some confidence. Now we've been going. Ah, oh, eleven years. Um, but it's something that we learnt the hard way by doing it wrong many, many times. Mm-hmm. And over the years, um, obviously the groups changed a bit over the years. Yeah. We've had a few different members, but um, yeah, we we learnt the value of uh, hierarchy and order and chaos yeah. in improv as well, especially with the way we do it, which is very much for comedy yeah. we do a comedy circuit improv we we do the comedy clubs mm-hmm. and our theatre shows are 
really to make you laugh. There's a lot of great improv out there that is doing other things. You know, yeah. there's musical improv and there's um, you know uh, genre specific improv, ostentatious for example, yeah. or Rob Roddick's Abandonman, that like he's the rapper guy. So they're doing these uh, these amazing things. Uh, but they can be quite loose because they've got their forms to live in. Because mm-hmm. our sort of primary target is make the audience laugh as many times as possible based on what they want to hear jokes about. Yeah. Yeah. That we found that having, having this sort of status and hierarchical system on stage, it's what we're comfortable performing as. Like, naturally on stage, mm-hmm. I've always been a sort of loud mm. show off like you know I was the narrator in the school plays because I just had the loudest voice and yeah. I was very clear <laughs> um, yeah. so I think we, we lean into those things naturally and then when we started noticing the value then we sort of tweaked those roles and if we found actually the two of us tend to lean towards this thing together yeah Certainly, uh, Charlie who used to be in the group. He and I used to compete quite a lot on the high status thing. Yeah. But then we learned over time how we modified Charlie's approach a bit yeah. because, um, yeah, he became so high status it was nonsense. Like it yes. was almost like you you uh, you pastiche what you're doing. So Tom is like yeah. authority, and then at that point. Uh, this is generally within scenes I suppose it's a bit different when you're hosting or presenting something because yeah. if you're doing that you're doing it more as you not as your persona that you're portraying yeah. um, but Charlie sort of became like Charlie is, does posh very well so he, he became like almost like a very like high status posh character whereas yeah. Tom was like almost, almost like a yeah and Charlie's became almost a buffoon like yeah yeah, yeah 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 to an extent so he but became it, a clown but at the other yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting though like when you're hosting and like the differences that has because you you lose a lot of your uh, your persona that you are on stage anyway yeah, yeah. so when Tom's not sometimes we do three man gigs it doesn't happen often but yeah. like if somebody's got a wedding or a funeral or whatever That's it is they've got to go yeah. to um, when Tom's not there I would always I host the top we call it it's the first person who speaks and introduces mm-hmm. what we're going to do which feels like an odd fit for my character and the persona I play but makes sense in terms of the way I host things yes, is yeah. most like I suppose chatty and approachable and whereas Tom sort of holds the room through sort of like I'm uh, an authoritative figure you're going to watch me and like in, in, enjoy what I'm doing because I'm holding incredible gravitas gravitas yes. yeah you're like a politician sort of, no a funny politician <laughs> no yeah. gravitas with no, with no legs a I'm funny like, politician I'm like with no Derek, legs I'm like Derek Jacobi y- yeah yeah you're like Derek Okora no just <laughs> <laughs> pick a different Derek <laughs> But yeah, whereas I would do it much more, you know, it's yeah. more chatty when I'm doing it, I suppose. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. it's interesting, the more like an annoying mouse. Like yeah, 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 like that, yeah. I don't know what I've unleashed here. But... <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's an interesting sort of... Um, sort yeah. of I mean, it might not be interesting, you might be listening to this going, what is this, these idiots need to stop. Mm-hmm. No, that, this is, the, the, <laughs> certainly the buy for this podcast is... Um, uh, it's like comedy kind of pastiche as well like all my uh, listeners are quite nerdy so oh, oh, great. fill your boots get great. I assume they are so. <laughs> <laughs> hope you're still listening Dave <laughs> um, so obviously like there's been quite a few lineup changes in the last couple of years uh, and as I say with those different roles and you fill those roles when necessary yeah. has it, has, was it quite noticeable um, throughout the changes that there was a certain part missing a certain persona missing or a certain gap that wasn't filled or was it naturally filled um, I think 
naturally filled I think certainly we'd been like I said going a long time so we were so aware of what each other were doing on stage so uh, Tom was the first guy who left the noise uh, four years I can never I can never do the backwards maths some time ago uh, he left but we all knew what his role was in the group we knew what needed to be replaced the second he was gone the big one is that he could play guitar really well and none of us could so mainly we just replaced him with an iPad Um, so so mainly we replaced Tom with an iPad and um, it's you know it can play the drums at the same time as guitar so in many ways it is I'm kidding. I'm, I'm going to send this to Tom afterwards. Yeah, he'll be fine with it. He knows. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we mainly replaced him with an iPad. And then also his, his role on stage. Tom was uh, a sort of central, uh, a central figure. He was an everyman sort of guy. And so, yeah, I sort of stepped in to fill more of that role. Charlie took some of it. You know, it, yeah. it sounds like a strange thing, but we definitely sort of split the jobs up. So yeah. that's when we went down to four. And then once we were at four... You know that we we sort of locked in the clear yeah. persona roles, and then there was you know Matt left for a bit. Robin came in. Charlie left. Now Matt's back. But those things and they have shifted. It's not yeah. like oh uh, Robin, you're coming in now. You have to be the Matt because yeah. Robin is not Matt. What actually happened? You know Matt's sort of enthusiasm and zaniness was spread out amongst the other three apart from me mm-hmm. um, so but yeah now Matt's back in it, it's, it's, it's a really weird delicate interplay um, and I think that if we got someone totally different and totally new mm-hmm. who's bringing a totally different energy to all of that we would accommodate them we wouldn't go now you have to be yeah, yeah. our replacement Sam you know because <laughs> if that's not who they are that's not who they are but I think we would try and go alright so we're adding this now so what does that mean for the rest of us yeah, yeah. find the balance and have their audiences ever been kind of like like uh, I assume the audience was just accepting, but has, has have they ever been like, whoa, this is a different lineup to what I was expecting? Or? I mean, so I I guess so I I'm the only new member of the Noise Next Door since like it founded. Like we've had people come and go, but yes. I, like, yeah. and when I first performed, particularly in Brighton, so that's where we live, and yeah. we do a, a bi-monthly show in the Comedia called the Noise Next Door's Comedy Lock-in. It's sort of oh, like cool. a, a a guest show, but we get real regular fans like people who come every time because it's different every time we've got different guests so I was terrified of that I was really nervous that people were going to be like well you're not as good as so and so or you're not good at blah but to be honest every single person who came up and and certainly the feedback I've had generally speaking has been oh it's nice it's just a bit different it's not not as good as Tom or it's not as good as Matt but it isn't trying to be as good as those things it's good in it's own way so it's as good as Robin can ever be (laughs) (laughs) you son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's been um, yeah, it's been it's been really nice. Like I suppose there was a lot of nerves around, sort of like yeah. you know, joining an established group and stuff like that. But and, it's been good. And uh, Robin, you um, you were originally part of the Three Half Pints as well. Um, which uh, and so how has that transition been going from one group to another, uh, like uh, another established group as well? Yeah. So uh, interesting. Um, uh, well. I think there's a few things like um, in your f- the first thing you ever do so the three half pints was my first ever yeah. anything I created it from scratch while I was at university and w- I think we certainly made mistakes in the running of that group and the way that it went and so I brought a learning experience from things I did not want to see again yes. to the noise next door and I think it's probably fair to say there were some uh, areas of running the noise next door which had been done the same way for many many years and when I sort of joined with a different perspective I could provide a little bit of an outside eye and be like yeah. is this the best way to be doing it the notable thing I think for me would be we do a kids show a kids tour yeah. and we do that in Edinburgh and we also do it on tour 
in Edinburgh, it's got a real family audience vibe. And it isn't a kids' show, really. It's an adult show for people who don't want to see a sweary show. Yeah, yeah. And kids can come. And kids can come. Yeah. Whereas on tour, it's a kids' show. Yeah. Advertising something as a family show on tour doesn't really do anything. All it does is it, it negates your audience that comes to your adult show and it negates your audience that comes to your kids' show because nobody really knows which they're going for. Yeah. So I suppose that was something that I sort of saw from the outside and was like, this should be, we should market this as a children's show on tour because then you'll get kids in. Whereas if you just say it's a family show, yeah. what does that really mean? Like a lot of families might go, oh, well, my four-year-old won't enjoy that. He'll, she'll be too young. Yeah. Or my 11-year-old won't enjoy that because he's too old. Um, so yeah, so I suppose joining the group, it was interesting because I could bring learning experiences from the half pints, things that I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. uh, of our company and also things that I really enjoyed and apply those to the noise next door and also learn from the way that the noise next door has been running for many, many years. So yeah, I suppose it was an interesting change. That's awesome. Uh, Good answer, but like um, you all started in Canterbury as well, right? Like, yeah. Because uh, um, so tell us how the noise originally started as well. So in uh, University of Kent in Canterbury, uh, many years ago, we—I say we—it wasn't actually me. Uh, there was part of the drama society was suddenly approached by Arts Fest, which uh-huh. was the this is the big arts festival that happened. Is this still happened when you were there? It happened when I was there, but I don't think it happened when you were there. Did yeah, it? No, Arts I Fest? don't recall. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was every summer there was an Arts Fest, and they'd have lots of different stages up around the campus, mm-hmm. and lots of different things that were on. Got closed, uh, closed down because there was an actual like big all oh, but borderline riot. Lethal oh, Bizzle came to play. Yeah, it was outside the venue. Lethal Bizzle came to headline it, <laughs> obviously, uh, and uh, a load of people drove through a crowd, leaning out the window with a bat, and was just like whacking people oh with this bat. God. And they were like, "We can't do Arts Fest anymore," so they cancelled Arts Fest. Wow, that has rather shat on my story. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. People will hit people with bats. Comedy's not important. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> but yeah, at least that was the uh, that was I, I worked at the venue. At the time. That was the that was the <laughs> yeah. story anyway. Yeah, why I first stopped. But it was a lovely thing that they used to do, <laughs> and that's how the noise started. Yeah, yeah. And we we, we uh, battered enough people, and, uh, and here we are. They came to our first show. Out of fear, yeah. the no, show. Uh, there was a sudden a sudden slot appeared on Arts Fest. So there was a stage that had some act that was meant to be on, and then someone cancelled. So they came to the Drama Society and said, "Do you guys have anything?" that you could just put on for an hour. The answer was no, we don't have anything. All the plays are in early rehearsal or whatever it was. Um, and so uh, Matt said, who's still in the noise Door to this day, uh, said we could do improv, like whose line is it anyway? Yeah. And so he rounded up a load of people in the drama society that he thought, yes, you're funny and we could do improv together. And performed their very first show as Whose Line Is It Any Hue um, <laughs> on, uh, on one of the Arts Fest stages, which went pretty well. Uh, people liked it, so then they got a gig in one of those student bars in Mungo's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got a, a, a weekly gig doing just improv for students in student bars. And then over time, they sort of got more people into it. I joined in the, in the second year of, of what then became Play It By Ear. So oh, it was yeah. Whose Line Is It Any Hue, then we became Play It By Ear. Uh, my friend Mike came up with that name um, and uh, we would play it by ear for a few years and then when we were in our final year in our fourth year at university uh, the the five of us who founded the Noisex Door uh, would just find ourselves often being the ones that uh, turned up to every rehearsal and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and you know helped with the organising and also when we were on stage together it worked really well yeah. um, there was this one particular night where uh, four of us, uh, everyone except Charlie, did this one weird gig. It was off campus. 
and uh, we'd gone to this village hall in Deal, I think it was Deal, yeah. uh, which is near Canterbury. And we'd done exclusively student gigs, basically. Yeah. Somehow, someone had seen us at a student gig and said, come to our village hall and do this, this <laughs> yeah. variety night. So there was, like, you know, oh, Tessa's daughter playing recorder yeah. and, like, <laughs> Dorothy reading a poem. And then we came on. Uh, and the audience was like, just the grey hair brigade. It was amazing. They yeah. were proper old and then a few weird drunk people. And, and those few weird drunk people were on stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it went surprisingly well. And we were sort of like, oh, that's... I thought this was like a student thing. Yeah. But we just made this room full of not students really laugh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, on the drive home, we just started talking and talking and talking. It was like, maybe this is something we could do outside of uni. Mm-hmm. And then within a few weeks, we uh, said, yeah, let's do it. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be a thing. That's awesome. Um, it's... it's oh, oh, like... I, the thing is, I, I say like when I first started doing stand up, I, I, again, I started doing the student gigs. But uh, as you call it, the grey hair brigade. I remember doing my first technically paid gig of ten pounds at in, in Whitstable <laughs> uh, Community Centre. No, no. Uh, it was a variety, it was a variety gig, and I had to follow a man who uh, was on top of a like a, a wooden plinth with a massive stick just. Uh, stamping quite loudly with his, and uh, with a stick bashing it on the ground, just shouting poetry, and then I had to go on and talk about like uh, my sex life for a bit. It was, uh, it was, it was awful. In fact, the whole room, uh, like ninety percent of the audience, didn't really laugh. Uh, my flatmate brought his brother, and there was a group of like young people in the corner. It's like, oh, kind of enjoyed it. It's like, get in. Yeah, that's my demographic, right? There. <laughs> so less successful, but like, uh, yeah, Kent has lots of those kind of. Odd gigs like that as well. Yeah, little little village hall gigs, little community centre gigs. They're great though. If you can get if you if you can make it work there, you can make yeah, it work anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Whistle's a weird place as well. I love Whistle, it's great. Yeah. Like you know that Whistle's got like a like a an amazing rap club. What? <laughs> like really? so, like yeah, like who was it? it was that? I'm gonna say that it was someone as big as like Chuck D went to a, a pub in Whitstable. There's, a, <laughs> there's this guy and he books loads of like really, really good I think Oh, maybe dilated peoples were there, like some sort of like old yeah. hip hop. And like, I went a few times when I was at uni, I was like, what is this? It's like a 300 seat pub. Yeah. And they clear all the tables away and then just chuck D walks out. It's amazing. Like, you should, if you're around that sort of area, you should absolutely check it out. I can't even remember the name of the place, but there's a, yeah, just an amazing rap scene in Whitstable. Because <laughs> Whitstable's very trendy now as well. A yeah. lot of, uh, London, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, like, uh, um, it's like, it's uh, lots of London people have moved there. So yeah. they've kind of made it, it's like a, a Banksy kind of figure yeah. there. Like, I think, I can't remember his name, but like, he did loads of stuff around there as well. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, I think those people are the people that voted in Labour the f- for the first time in a hundred years. Yeah, in Canterbury, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was there when that happened. I voted in that election. Uh, oh, yeah. Big win. Big win. <laughs> But um, let's talk about your tour as well, because like you've done a lot of dates, right? Uh, yeah, eight, what were we saying, ninety? Yeah, I don't know. It's like between eighty-five and ninety, something it like will that. Be. By the end of the year, it'll be ninety. Yeah. 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 So we, we've toured from we started January, uh, and we've done. I mean, like at least two a week, mainly like three or four a week since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got obviously August. We're in Edinburgh. September, we are finally taking a bit of time off. We're yeah. going. We've got a week's holiday at the beginning of September. Then we've got like two weeks of gigs in the middle, and then we're going to Dubai wow. and Abu Dhabi. We, there's a lovely promoter out there who has booked us to do. It, it, it's it's effectively our tour show. Um, yeah. 
we're doing out there. So that's going really on the fun. tour flyers. It's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so that'd be fun, um, and that'd be nice because it's a little bit slower pace. We've been sort of traveling around quite a lot, so I think we're yeah. all feeling a little bit fatigued after the year. But yeah, because right. you're doing like again, if you're doing like three, four dates a week for until Edinburgh, it's just shattering as well. And you guys, have, you, you're so versatile in what you do, and uh, you're, you're going 100 miles an hour. And you, are you doing two shows in Edinburgh this year as well? Again, yeah. Like, Plus then sort of like the guest spots and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Because um, yeah, sorry. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, we, we do a family family show at Edinburgh, uh, <laughs> and then we do a late night show, and then we do lots of extra shows. Um, there's another show that I'm involved with a lot of the time in the afternoons as well, and then there's guest spots, and then we go and do extra shows and yeah. you know play do the fun ones like board game Smackdown, oh, and, uh, you know yeah. uh, dating live or whatever you did last year. What was that one that you did? You I did a show a... for Pat Monaghan. Um, well, you got a date. I got a date. I, went, I got a date. Yeah. What? Oh, Matt, you should give it a go. What is this show, please? <laughs> I don't think it's happening this year, but uh, yeah, Patrick Monaghan ran this dating <laughs> show, uh, and I went on that for a bit. Yeah. Uh, but then we also <laughs> we also love um, we do late and live a lot. That's I, I, yeah. that's got a real special place in my heart. I think. Yeah. Oh. I think it's because it's like such a Edinburgh sort yeah. of establishment, yeah. and it's. I just love it. I, a lot of people would sort of go, you go, what, what, you go on stage at three in the morning, yeah. but I love that feeling. Yeah. I don't know, it's something real special. You can only get that at the festival. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, So, but then obviously we've then got the afternoon show and the evening show, and so it definitely takes its toll. Yeah, do you guys ever feel like, um, uh, do you ever feel like you're kind of like worn out by it or like uh, how do you deal with that as well? I think personally, I think it's very trendy to moan about Edinburgh when you're there. I think it's very trendy to go, oh, Edinburgh, oh, I'm exhausted. But everybody who's there has wanted to do this probably for their whole life. Yes. So I think think a little bit of perspective and sort of going, we're actually incredible. I I try. When I'm feeling a little bit down about it and I feel like, oh, God, I'm knackered and I've got this many shows left. I I try to take a step back and go, yeah, but also this is like the dream, isn't it? This is it. This is what I worked for since since I started education probably was to be here performing like this yeah. so we're so f- remember how fortunate you are yeah like, e- like even if you are slogging away in a venue miles out of town you're, you're st- you still got there yeah you're still in a fortunate enough position to be able to be in Edinburgh to have had someone agree to put your show on every day yeah for s- if one person turns up to see it at least they've come yeah and there are millions of people who would love to be in that position exactly yeah and I just think it's incredibly trendy to to moan about it but actually for me it's the best place in the world and uh, I think we're fortunate all of us we're all going this year we're very fortunate to go I remember my first year ever there uh, six years ago I think it was I did the Edinburgh City Football Club which Ian Sterling (laughs) just described as not really being in Edinburgh (laughs) it's like in Leith and it was like a it was a room sort of like a front room size and we did a full slapstick show in there and yeah. we would get like 13 people a day and we were delighted every yeah. day so I look back on that now and when we have got like maybe a quieter night and I don't know we're very very lucky like the noise have been going for so many years and been part of the festival for so long yeah. we've got a bit of a following up there so you know sometimes we'll get like a quiet day would be like maybe 70 in, in Pleasance would be relatively quiet mm-hmm. and for me that is amazing every time I walk on stage and I think oh it's a bit quiet today I then take a step back and go there's 70 people here shut yeah, the fuck up like, yeah. <laughs> you know what so. that's genuinely like because like I think yeah as you say like I think it's so easy to be like oh god like uh, work is hard but then like yeah like but then again it's like 
we've pursued this for our whole lives, yeah. you know what I mean? So, uh, and it isn't uh, hard, is it? Like, yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> Wait, oh, you have to fly for an hour. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah. My best friend, who I saw two days ago, is a paramedic. Yeah, exactly. He right. had just done four 12 hour shifts overnight where he'd been to two car crashes, and the, the first job he went to on his first shift on that run, someone vomited in his shoe, and then he just had to wear that for the rest of the shift. <laughs> I was like, do you know what? That has never once happened to me at work, and it never will. <laughs> well, oh, it I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember doing uh, uh, some slots in Edinburgh about uh, for 2015, uh, and I, it was a, a Nijambi gig, and uh, I remember it was in it was in the Laughing Horse in the the attic in the, uh, uh, in one of the venues, and it was about 10 o'clock at night, really hot. People are quite drunk, and so there was a girl in the front quite nauseous as well, and she fell asleep halfway through my set. Uh, <laughs> Matt Hoss <laughs> just crushing it there as usual. Woo! Yeah, suck it. Uh, but then, <laughs> like um, uh, before I got on stage, uh, Freddie Quinn was sat in the audience just checking it out. He wasn't on; he just like thought he'd just pop his head in, uh, and. Uh, uh, Jambi made the joke, uh, Freddie didn't laugh, and Jambi called him a racist, and there was like total awkwardness in the room. She brought me on, I performed my set to this, uh, a girl who's fallen asleep. She woke up halfway through, threw up on stage as well, so just like, ooh, okay. Comedy. A very, a very odd heckle. As Amazing. Well. <laughs> it's the worst heckle you've ever had. Jumps. Yeah. <laughs> so, during your shows, do you... Um, Obviously, it's um, improv, so a lot of people are getting involved. Uh, but do you ever get uh, any like proper heckles during the shows as well? Or? I think I think we're hard to heckle for a few reasons. Um, one, there are more of us than there are of you. If you are someone who wants to heckle, you yeah. are heckling four people who have already proven that they can turn something around yeah. quickly. So I think that people, you know don't tend to for that reason another reason is that we give people the opportunity to shout out yeah exactly. it's not like we're now listen to us be, be, pray silence hey, 60 yeah. minutes of my thoughts yeah. <laughs> uh, it's hey what do you want to see next so like I guess the only uh, very occasionally I mean everyone gets that sometimes is the uh, you should you know just like a a completely pointless yeah. not targeted heckle just uh, I think the closest thing we get to a heckle is somebody shouting out an incredibly Offensive suggestion. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. yeah that's, that, that sometimes yeah. feels like I don't know. And it's difficult because I would never shout out some of the things you hear in comedy clubs. And yeah, like, so yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you just sort of. I can never tell if it's because they are deliberately trying to derail us or because they genuinely think that they would like to watch a five-minute scene about paedophiles. Yeah. I, 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 surely you don't actually want to see that. Yeah, and I think but, if you actually sat down and thought about what you just said, you'd realise that would be horrendous. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think there's a... Uh, certainly on the circuit, when you do sort of like clubs and places like that, oh, yeah. there's like a, a belief among some comedy fans, not many, in fact an incredibly small amount, that the, the most outrageous thing you can say, that would definitely be the funniest thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and that isn't true. But in this, in this particular talk we're doing at the moment, we have a game where, during the interval, we ask people to write stuff down, mm-hmm. and then we use it as, as uh, dialogue in the next half. Yeah. That's the closest time I've seen to people being really offensive and heckly. And the reason for that, I think, is, is anonymity. Yeah. They've written something down on a, bit pa- like a little yeah. bit of paper. So like, we've had some really openly racist things written on them, and that never gets shouted out. I mean, no, obviously, yeah. you yeah. then don't read it out. You yeah. see it, you put it in your pocket, and you choose a different one. Yeah, yeah. But that's the closest I've ever, since joining The Noise, that I've ever been to being like, wow, people yeah. are awful. <laughs> and as you mentioned, I think it's, it's kind of like that open mic mentality of being like, oh, it's offensive, therefore it's funny, if you know what I mean, we're nuts. Yeah. Firstly, shock value is not really ever 
funny in the longevity anyways but uh, mm. it's also I think with people shouting out and stuff like that it, it feels like it happens quite a lot but it is a tiny minority of people yeah. yes. I think just sadly and I'm going to make a broad statement here <laughs> I think the sort of person that thinks that is funny is also the sort of person that doesn't mind shouting out loudly. Yes! And yes. so, yes. so yeah. someone who's sitting there thinking, oh, I'd like to see a scene about John Keats, is not the sort of person who's going to bellow in a room, yeah. John Keats, yeah. but the sort of person who wants to see, oh, about a dick on fire, <laughs> they are likely to shout out yeah, loudly. That is, in a, that like is it, gold, though. Yeah, that, say, that, yeah, is, yeah. that is I gold. mean, we could do some funny stuff with both of those things. <laughs> Um, I quite enjoy it. One of my favourite things is when uh, you catch someone. We had it actually literally last night. Um, you catch someone who is like quite well to do, and like this particular lady was probably like mid fifties and just quite well to do. And we said, "Let's get um, a famous person from history." And without blinking, she said Hitler. But <laughs> as soon as she realised she said it, she went, "Oh no!" And sort of like sat back, like really embarrassed in her seat. And I find that really yeah. funny. Like she said it without thinking, and that's the first thing. She's got. Actually, I'm gonna. I wouldn't. I don't normally like to edit a story as just as happened, but just because it makes it even better, she actually said Hitler when we asked for a fictional person. <laughs> Yeah, oh my God, she did. <laughs> so, so like, she's like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> like a proper double, like, I've messed this up on every conceivable level. Yeah, that was so beautiful. But, but generally speaking, comedy fans, like people who actually, so on tour we get it very, very rarely. At the lock-ins we get it very, very rarely. The only place you really expect somebody and would get somebody shouting something truly abhorrent and offensive is in a comedy club. And that's yeah. generally, I find, because like we get it really bad at Christmas. And I think that's a, because... Tis the season. Tis the season. Yeah. <laughs> but like, people have come out with their work, and yeah. so like, you'll get like, I don't know, a firm of, I don't know, what, dentists or builders yeah. or whatever it is, and they wouldn't, some people who work there wouldn't normally go and see comedy, and so then don't really understand the rules and don't really understand what it is. And so you say shout anything out, and they're, so sometimes I don't think it's, a, it's mean, I think it's just like, ignorant yeah. they don't quite understand that's it yeah also, but like, it's so rare so banter rare. culture you yeah. know that's yeah. sort of like you know sending hilariously offensive like memes and texts and you know like gross videos around is still really prevalent yeah and so like, I think you know in an all male working environment a lot of the time you'll have the whatsapp group that is just packed full of abject filth yeah. Yeah. so when asked for what's funny the thing that they found funny most recently is yeah. probably some and you know that Sure, having a WhatsApp group where you send just like outrageous stuff to each other, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, no. as long as you're not living your life that way. Yeah, it's like but them. when you're asking for that on stage, I don't. I think it's they're not thinking, especially with what that means. alcohol as well. Like, oh, yeah. they're, they're never sober and shy. Yeah, out, you very know? rare. There is this one really sweet lady who I, I don't know who she is, but she comes to loads of our gigs and. All she does is scream. She find, she, uh, we spoke to her briefly after the, the lock-in last time, and she was just like, I just really like it, and whenever you say something, it really surprises me. So the first thing I do is go, ah! And she does it so often. So like, you walk on stage, you go, well, we, the first thing we often ask is someone to shout out their own name, because we want people to get inventive with their suggestions, and yeah. we want them to be willing to shout out. So the first thing you ask is something they know the answer yeah, to, yeah. they can shout out confidently. Uh, and every single time we know she's in, because you come out and go, we're the noise next door, and you just shout out your own name on the count of three, ah! Oh, here we go. She is here. Yeah, she's here. <laughs> yeah, she goes a lot. She's very sweet. Very nice. And afterwards, you, you know, the first few times on stage, I guess we didn't clock it was the same person. Oh but, God. you know, this noise, you're like, whoa, it's very distracting on yeah, stage. Like, sure. something that's yeah. really significant. 
And she's after she's like, I'm so sorry. I, I, I was distracting again, wasn't I? I, was I like, just really like it. Yeah. <laughs> you were a bit distracting, yeah. I can't help it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she's really nice. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, you just have to sort of go, well, sometimes we... Ah! <laughs> that happens. Yeah. That's really... Uh, that, again, it's nice... Again, that um, pe- again, people might perceive that as a heckle, but it's not though. It's like just genuine excitement, and that's the yeah. beautiful. Honestly, that's, that's it's a really nice great. thing. That yeah, it, I think also because it is that sort of squawking noise. It is. It is <laughs> the, it's just how she is amused and surprised at the same time. There is a there is a noise. Oh, it's my least favorite noise in comedy. It's a woo, in it. You don't like it's a the woo. woo. Yeah, yeah. The woo. It's such a decision. Like her weird bird squawk is not a decision. It's a reaction. Yes, laughter yes. is a reaction. Um, whereas woo is a choice you've made. It's it's something you've. I'm, I think I'm going to um I'm going to go woo now because because. Because woo, woo. <laughs> yeah. woo. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it's a, it's a noise without value, and I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was doing a, a preview last month, uh, and I had a couple of friends in as well. And uh, one of my friends who I've known from school, she got quite drunk, and for all like the bits which. Uh, the, the more like sentimental bits uh, she was just like uh, she was really, I was like talking about something a little bit sad and she was just like woo yeah and I was oh, like you've misjudged the vibe oh, here like uh, it's like it's kind the of, worst yeah. it's always like, listen friends, supportive friends always yeah. mean very well don't yeah, they but they're always yeah. the ones that will muck it up because they'll yeah, they'll do, do things like that because they know you and, like, yeah, they don't see yeah. this as being your job and being something yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. Not just for them sitting in their basement. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. exactly what you mean, man. Yeah. Sitting in their basement? <laughs> yeah, my best mate's got a basement that we used to right, sit so in. You, that's you the, just, yeah, yeah. That's the only place you can meet your friends, famously. <laughs> um, so, with the current tour show, like, um, in terms of, like, structuring an uh, improv show, uh, how do you change it from year to year? And what's this show... How, how is this show different remix? monologue this year isn't it well yeah one of the many things uh, I think this year specifically with Remix we wanted to make sure that uh, so what we call the games uh, yeah. the, the sections so each basically five minute ish bits mm-hmm. ha- has a structure has its own little rule yeah. so improvise obviously we're always going to take a suggestion from the audience and we're going to make something up but we have different structures and games to make it work differently throughout yeah. the show mm-hmm. so this year we tried to make it so that Everything in the show, apart from one bit, which is kind of a reskinned version of something we've done before, but yeah. didn't particularly work well before, but now <laughs> it works really well because we just changed some things about it. Yeah. But pretty much everything in the show is a, is a new way of doing improv, or, or it's a, a reworked or a reimagined way. There's um, yeah. So th- so that's it. It's coming up with the structures. Obviously, what we're going to say on stage is always going to be made up whilst we're on stage. But it's those rules and mechanics and yeah. frameworks with which we imp- within which we improvise yeah. that we can change. So this year it's very different. I think pacing in this year's show has been really noticeable for me. So this is my first tour show with the noise, but yeah. I have seen every tour the noise has done since I've been alive. <laughs> since I've been alive, uh, yeah, no, I've definitely yeah. seen four or five noise tours that I wasn't in. So you know, I've, I've been aware yeah. of it for a long time. And something that the noise uh, we do all the time is we do sort of circuit and corporate work and therefore the pace for that is very very high because we're doing 20 minutes to 30 minutes and we want it to feel like what the fuck was that like people walk off like you know when we've gone people go oh my god that was just this explosion of energy Um, and the same is kind of true for our lock-in shows they're a bit longer but because it's guests and uh, there's lots of different formats the energy of that is quite high as well and for this show 
we've really played with the pace so it feels like it starts very high energy it ends very high energy and we've purposefully written in bits that are slightly lower energy because yeah. it gives the audience just a little bit of time to sit back breathe yeah. and be like okay what's next and I, I think that's worked really nicely it's made it feel more theatrical than I was expecting yeah, yeah um, it's definitely a more theatrical show this year Robert just mentioned the, the monologues there which is a, might sound a bit misleading they're monologues in terms of it's the first time we are doing solo solos oh, on stage brilliant. so there, there is a bit in the show where each of us will come out on our own the others aren't on stage and we do a bit so we've got again we've got structures and rules for that mm-hmm. what we say is improvised but uh, there's a there's a setup um, so yeah it's the first time we've done that and those by the very fact that there's only one of us on stage the, the energy is a bit lower like when yeah. there's multiple bodies and multiple noises and movement and it's more vibrant so we have these moments that are a bit quieter a bit more focused uh, and it's led to some really interesting discoveries from us because we've never tried to do solos before. We just thought that was not something that you could do. Yeah. Uh, but in rehearsal, we started playing with it. I think it came from we were doing a scene where one character almost just did the whole thing and the other person just reacted. We're like, oh, that was quite a fun, weird thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder what happens if you take that person away. And then, yeah, so we started doing these solos this year. First time we've done that. And I think we'll continue to try... We're already, unbelievably, we're already working on the tour for next year, yeah, wow. um, which will start in February and run through to December. Um, so, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I know. Um, but so we're already starting or working on what we can do next and how we can change the, the setups and the mechanics and the structures. And yeah. uh, in terms of like, um, so how, how, how do you both find it um, be, uh, being on the stage by yourself? Is it, uh, do you... Does it feel like stand-up, or is it still very improvised? Uh, do you feel like you're just a, 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 How does it feel on stage? And is uh, it's interesting. I, I think we would all have different. Uh, well, day to day, it's different. Uh, so each of, like Tom said, each of our monologue, we call them the monologue characters. Yeah. yeah. Each of the monologue characters has a different game yeah. surrounding it. Um, I would say, without giving anything about, about what they are, I would say Tom's is quite high energy. Mm-hmm. Sam's is very low energy with. With path, like sort of some pathos written in, like some purposeful sort of sadness. Yeah. Uh, mine is sort of like in the middle. It's more low energy than Tom's, and then Matt's is back to being quite high energy okay, and very cool. very physical. Um, as it goes, I. It's it's not my favourite thing to do as a performer. I like what it does for the show. Yeah. Um, yes. And this is what you this is what you always have to do in a group is you have to go like okay well I'm not I'm not writing a show for me we're writing a show together and what mm. is. And I, as I said at the very beginning, I really like working in a group and I don't enjoy working on my own quite as much. Mm. Um, that's not to say that the bit doesn't work. Like, it generally goes yeah. very well. Like, it, some days you get better responses than others, but that's because it depends on what audiences are liking and who they're going for and all those sorts of things. But as a, as a personal thing, um, performing alone is never a thing I particularly enjoy. Yeah. Um, so... I enjoy this as much as I can imagine enjoying something. It doesn't feel like stand-up. I used to hate doing stand-up. Yeah. I've done it a few times. I did not like it at all. Because I've seen you do stand-up sometimes, and you were great at it. But, Thanks, it was obviously, but obviously, I think it's certainly more out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I just, I just don't like it. Yeah, I just yeah. used to find I'd do stand-up and be really nervous, and then when it was over, I'd feel really relieved, but I wouldn't get any buzz, yeah, any yeah, joy yeah. out of it at all, which is not true for the monologue characters. I, I just find... I, uh, I don't know how to really explain it fully. It's not my it's not my favourite thing that we do on stage. I like working as a as a group more. Yeah. But I think for the show, it's absolutely vital that they're in there, and I really enjoy what they bring to the show. Yeah. So I guess that's my feeling. Yeah. So uh, I I've been in the Noise Exhaust since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, like eleven years. Yeah. So when we started doing the 
monologue stuff, I was really excited because it was just really different. In 11 years, yeah. we've never done me on my own on stage. Um, and so for that reason, I was so excited, and I still am, in fact. Yeah. Uh, the thing I really like about it, which I guess is sort of stand-up-esque, is the... I, I like that it's down to me, and I, and I like that I have complete malleable control yeah, over yeah. a situation. The joy of improv is that you build something with other people. Mm-hmm. Is that Robert and I in a scene, and everything I say, and everything he says, they are, is true. Yeah. The number one of improv, yes, and. If I say it, it's true, and what does Robin add to it? And then whatever he says, it's true, and then yeah. what do I add to it? Uh, and that's great, but there is something satisfying for my brain, I think, mainly, of being, being where the buck stops mm-hmm. and having, a complete, having complete malleable control. It also means that you can, you can set things up for yourself in the future where in a scene that you're working with someone else, it's harder to do. You can do it, and we do do it all the time. But if I set something up at the beginning of my monologue that I know I want to hit at the end, yeah. I know I'm going to get there. That's great. Because I know that, you know, Robin might have also had this brilliant idea, and then so by the end of the scheme, we're, we're, scene, we're, we're water skiing. And that wasn't <laughs> where I was going, and so now the thing I was thinking doesn't. And that happens all the time, and that's part of the fun of improv, and it's part of working together. I like that... Mm-hmm. Every it, that if I want to do a thing, it's going to happen. Yeah. So there's a selfishness to that, and I can see that all this says like, oh, it's quite stand up. But yeah, I can see you might like it. I have no interest in doing stand up. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. um, yeah. I, I think I could I could take an interest in uh, in sort of loose MCing like. Some MCs just go on and do audience work, but like I've really not very much interest in writing material. Yeah. I basically just don't think my opinions are that interesting. Yeah, um, and so like I, I, my life's not that interesting. I don't think anything. I, like my brain, I'm not smart enough to tell an audience something they haven't already thought. I my wife is a stand-up, and she is just constantly writing and. She'll be talking to me about these ideas, and I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I've never thought of it like that. And that, I've never thought of it like that, I think is so important for yeah. stand-up who's writing about issues. Oh, yeah. Or if you've got a really fascinating life, then, yeah, you could talk about that. Mm-hmm. Or if you're just one of those funny bones people. Yeah, I think there's lots of different ways to be a stand-up. Right, Whereas yeah. I don't think any of those really apply to me. <laughs> oh. I've got a non-interesting life. I'm just such a plain person. Uh, like, I, I have thoughts about the world, but I don't think I'm going to articulate them in a way that other people won't do better and I am not like meet me funny guy like people I don't think people meet me and go oh you're funny I'm not like I'm kind of I'm just a nerd Um, (laughs) I'm a nerd who's quick basically I'm quick with my thoughts and so improv I use my words real well like a a good boy Um, so yeah I think that improv is is perfect for me yeah because uh, I'm not a stand up I tried it once I literally did one stand up set and it went, you know, my, as, as far as first ever stand-up sets go, I was like, oh, well, I didn't really enjoy that. Oh, <laughs> I also quite like the irreverent nature of what we do. Like, I, I think um, and you get stand-ups who are more irreverent than others. You get some stand-ups who make a point. You get some stand-ups who do more observational stuff. You get some surreal stand-ups. You know, it, it's such a breadth of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't have 
the thoughts to create irreverent, like silly stand-up. But that's my favourite <laughs> sort of comedy. My favourite sort of comedy is just silly. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really loved uh, Raymond and Mr. Timkins last year. It's so silly and it's, but it's so funny. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's just my personal preference. Some people <clears throat> much prefer sort of like more poignant stuff or stuff with a political point of view, and that's that's great. It's got an amazing place in the industry, but. Um, and that's why I like improv and why I like what we do specifically because I like that stupidity I like that people can yeah. come into one of our shows and go I'm just going to switch off for two hours yeah. the most political it gets is maybe we'll do like 30 seconds on Brexit when yeah. someone shouts it out yeah, yeah, and it will yeah. normally be a Frenchman yeah. and that'll, that'll make it a bit silly which I quite like yeah. so you know it, it, yeah that's the for me that's the, the focus of, of why I like this over stand up I guess as well yeah I am uh, I, I say it like I think um, again. I think one of the most joyous things about seeing um, uh, the noise uh, perform is just that not not necessarily chaos as you mentioned earlier, but just kind of that that mixture of souls on stage. And that, like, there's just there's so much. Obviously, with improv, there's lim- um, unlimited potential. But I mean, just like it's just uh, there's just four amazing funny people on stage, and it can go anywhere. I think that's such a delight as well. Um, I, I, rem- I remember, actually, I remember, I'm not sure if you remember this gig, but uh, I saw this gig back in uh, back in the old days. Uh, I think it's got to be like 2014. Uh, it was at the Gulbenkian with uh, uh, Noise Next Door headlining, Pappies, uh, and uh, Three Half Pints. And, uh, I remember the gig. Uh, yeah. And, I organised uh, that gig, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I think that was one of the like, best gigs I've ever seen in my life. Oh, mate, thank honestly, you. Because like, it was like, first time I saw Pappies as well. And I mean, they, Pappies like, is something else. Like, they they blew my mind. Yeah. Because like, like, that's the kind of... Like, I think everyone in that build was spectacular that night, but like Pappy's just, I, I did, that's just, it blew my mind of a different way of doing things as well. Like, you don't have to uh, just do your set and like, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Pappy's are my all time favourite comedy act. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, that would certainly be up there for me. It's, and, you know, even though we're improv and they're sketch, Pappy's are something we refer back to so often. Yeah. When we're coming up with a new show, like as a way of sort of talking about the type of humour or the the angle for a bit, we'll often use a Pappy's bit as yeah. our reference point. Yeah. yeah, some of it's absolutely indelible for me. I will remember yeah. <laughs> some of those bits till the day I die. The best live show I have ever seen was the last tour ever that they yeah. did. It's, yeah. That is, the, I saw it twice and both times I... It, the best thing, it's the best thing I've ever seen, yeah. absolutely. I... I I'm not a standing ovator. Is that what it yeah. is? You know? Yes, an ovator. An ovator. <laughs> uh, like, I, I don't stand up at the end of shows. I, 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 I just, some, sometimes it happens and I actually find it a little bit like embarrassing on stage. Yeah, you know, weird, it's yeah, it's yeah. so weird, isn't it? But So therefore I don't really do it. But with that particular show, I was on my feet clapping before I even realised I'd done it. Yeah, I was yeah, like, oh yeah. my God, wow, that's what it feels like to really... Yeah. Um, yeah, unbelievable. That's so so great. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that gig, man. That was we did a run of those. Because <laughs> um, uh, I'm not sure um, if you remember that gig in particular. Um, I can't remember the compass name. Alex, Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Because uh, there was one guy who was a bit of a dick yeah. with his friends, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he, him and his friends got kicked out during the interval, and everyone was relieved. Alex made a joke about it, but one guy hadn't left. He had his beer, walked up to the front of the stage, threw his beer all over him, and uh, everyone started booing this guy. And in Canterbury. Yeah, well. yeah, like, amazing. And the, I remember one of the funniest kind of like things which I remember from that gig is like he, Alex was dripping with beer, and like uh, yeah, this guy would had to be forced down and stuff like that. And everyone's like, "There's so much tension in the air," and he just goes, 
well, you met my dad. Yeah, it was just yeah, like, yeah. oh, it just it dealt with it perfectly. But like, uh, well, that, that's a strange heckle. Well. It was, uh, that was amazing. I really remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, I'd already been on at that point, I think. We'd already, Half Pints had already done it. Because it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cause it, I feel like it was just before we came. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I feel like we were backstage and just like, but yeah. just watching it like, oh, well, this is going to make it tough. I mean, how did it feel on stage? Because it feels like, from the audience point of view, it felt like, because it was such a nice crowd, generally speaking, yeah. it, was, it was everybody against this one guy. It yeah, felt like yeah. it kind of unified us. And yeah. so we were actually really excited for the next thing. And it felt, everyone yeah. was, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, because like, I was sat in the front row as well. Because I remember, like, again, talking about Pappies, um, um, I think Matthew Crosby jumped on my friend's lap as well by accident. So he jumped on someone who was leaving the stage and ended up on his friend's lap. But uh, yeah, uh, we were sat in the front and um, and it was just it was one of those things where it was just like as soon as Alex said that line, it kind of unified everyone together. To go, that guy was released tension yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, they, they were fun gigs. I, I really enjoyed those. That was a little vanity project on my part, really. Like. At that time, when I was working with the half pints, I really loved the noise next door. I really loved Pappies, and I was like, "Oh my god, bollocks! I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get us all together." Yeah. <laughs> well, we were all also all comedy yeah. groups that came out of Cambridge yeah. University, yeah. so there was a connection there. Yeah, that was the first one actually. That one, uh, yeah. and it was because of that. It was because we were all from Kent, and we thought, "Oh, this would probably sell quite well." Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I remember that really, really well. Yeah, I, I, I wish, that, I wish it was more stuff like that as well, because like uh, there's so many great people from Canterbury who. Uh, uh, it came out of that kind of Ollie double kind of group as well so it's good to uh, uh, it, yeah it's um, it's nice that there's some kind of heritage there as well but um, I'm going back to the earlier point of like uh, like I, I just want uh, I, I find it so amazing that even after 11 years just find these new ways to kind of develop and grow and stuff like that and uh, you kind of alluded to it but how do you guys build for your next tour as well what, what do you find uh, do you have like do you write down ideas or do you play on stage or how, how do you develop the new games so I, it's it's a mixture of uh god this is a, a quite a complex question um so, Sorry, have I come? No, no, it's okay. I'm just trying to think how to word it. Well, I feel like the simplest, the first thing, like there's, there's loads of complicated stuff with the games. Mm. The songs, I suppose, are probably the most simple place to start. What generally happens with those mm. is Tom puts together a track that sounds nice. Yeah. And then we go, this track sounds great. Listen to the style of this. We've got one here, which is quite a jazzy track. We've also yeah. got like a rock anthem. And then we go, okay, cool. What's the song going to be about? And then we decide how we're going to do that. So I think that that's generally the way the songs have worked in traditionally, yeah. certainly since I joined, is the tracks get written and then we go, cool, this track is wicked. Let's then we can then we sing something to this track. What are we singing about then? Yeah. And then that, and so that's the first step. And every show that I've been part of devising with The Noise Next Door, we've always started with a song because it, it, it gets you feeling creative, yeah. but it's relatively, well, because the guys have been doing it for so long and, you know, it, it's relatively easy to come up with those ideas. I think it's the thing about songs uh, so song improv and scene improv are so different yeah. yeah I think as an audience I think people look at it and go they're making it up but improvising a scene and improvising a song could could not be more different improvising a scene is all about being loose about being open about being willing to accept what's happening about changing in a moment improvising a song is about hitting the beats yes, yeah. putting the jokes in the right place doing Timing. your time yeah. uh, and it has to be precise it, it, they're so different yes you're making up the words but the, the, the brain setup is totally different but that does mean that when we are creating a new song format a new idea for how what type of song we'll do it's more methodical mm-hmm. and so they are if not easier they are more templatable yes. you know they're like it, yeah. it will work like this <laughs> and it has to work like this um, so yeah 
And it's certainly, you know, sometimes we'll do track first. Sometimes we're like, we really want to do a song that's like this. And then, yeah, so I think sometimes it is both ways uh, in terms of creating songs. And then, uh, then when it comes to the scene stuff or the other stuff, uh, there's, there's only, I think, I'm, 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 hopefully we'll prove this wrong over and over again. There are only so many things out there that can make an improvised scene different. Yeah. Uh, you know, p- people sort of go, you could say, oh, that's a bit like a whose line is it anyway game, mm-hmm. which is true. A lot of things, they might, ha- they might have DNA that's the same as a whose line is it anyway game. Yeah. But improvisation is older than whose line is it anyway. You know, most of those games that they are playing have their roots in a, in a game or a warm-up or a, something that came before it. So there are, there are, it's quite hard to not feel, not shackled, but bound to what's come before you in improv. There are only... You know, I can say a sentence that's been made up and then what can we do to it? You know, so yeah. we can go, oh, you could change the way that you say it. You could change what you have said. Uh, we could make you have to work together on it. We could, So when we're coming up with techniques and mechanics, it's about trying to find ways to put rules or uh, make us perform tricks with our improv yeah. so that the show feels varied. And I think that the list of things that you can actually do that with is quite limited. So over the years, we have been desperately trying to find new ways, new ways to do it. Um, Technology's lent a hand in that. Yep, yeah, that's, that's yeah. been a, a moment. Moving, sure. moving on with sort of like you know things like FaceTime and yeah, we've oh, done FaceTime messages and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And, the always worry about doing something with something like FaceTime is you come somewhere and that particular place you haven't got any signal yeah, and then yeah, you go, well, yeah. that game doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We so had a whole FaceTime bit on the last tour yeah. and occasionally it was just like, well, can't do it here. Not There's just sure. no internet in yeah. tiny weird village in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so oh technology's helped. I think, actually, weirdly, a nice thing that we've done in this tour is purposefully stripped all the technology out for that very reason um, because technology is so prevalent in everything everywhere, everywhere there's technology we are p- specifically using writing like we've got people to write things down we've got no TV screens mm-hmm. the most technology that gets is microphones in this show isn't it really like we have got yeah. nothing and that was a real conscious decision because yeah. normally we've had like you know videos and we've had uh, you know various bits of you know wizardry wizardry and stuff <laughs> yes tech te- wizardry, wizardry. Yeah. so we've got a wizard um, <laughs> we've got an actual wizard he's yeah. very good uh, yeah I think so this is a very low tech show I think because of the last one we had a screen yeah. we did video stuff we did FaceTime we did stuff yeah. with people's text messages we did stuff with people's Facebook profiles yeah. so the last tour we did was uh, more tech heavy this one we've stripped it back and we've tried to really work on the mechanics yeah Last year, it was about adding tech to stuff, to mechanics that have been used or modified mechanics that have been used before. This year, we tried to do something really different with the mechanics. Yeah, and that will be the the trick for next year as well. Find out Uh, what it is. Find out the thing, yeah. So we've already started, we've got the title, we've got the some dates booked in already and uh, it's uh, terrifying really we're doing if you live in Canterbury please come because we've got, <laughs> got four back to back days at the Marlow so mm. yeah, very confident looking very confident wasn't it they were just like yeah come and do four in a row yeah. like, well, we will but <laughs> yeah. we did two we did two this year at the Marlow yeah. lovely and they were sold out so I could understand their confidence but ooh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nice that they're feeling it yeah <laughs> So yeah, but yeah, yeah, I'm excited. It's exciting. Yeah. Writing a new tour is exciting. It's very um, rewarding to try something. It's terrifying 
to try something for the first time and walk on stage and go, oh, this works, sick, like, lovely stuff. I think one of the nice things about knowing each other so well and also knowing the, the product at its core works is that if we try a game that doesn't work, at least we know that we're all funny enough to pull, like, to pull it off to yeah. at least a very basic level, even if the game is absolute carnage. As long as we are switched on, the game will survive. It might not remain in the show for too long, but it will definitely survive for a bit. It will survive the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't, it won't kill the whole thing for us. Yeah. And that's also one of the great things about structuring a show in the form of games. Yeah. Is if one of them doesn't work, oh well, scrap it, move on to the next one, and then hopefully the next one you will like it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, even on this on the remix tour, I think people that saw it on in the first month. If they came back to see it now, they'd be like, oh, they've changed that. That's oh, for different. Sure. That's yeah. new. They've taken that out. Yeah, we took so, one. One game has come out. Well, yeah, weirdly, we, we were just overriding everywhere. So we just took the whole thing out. Oh, but then also perspectives. We had another game which we were playing that we just didn't think was as good as the others. It was oh, all right. Yeah. It was always, it was consistently fine. But not our favourite and never going as well as we would hope yeah. it would. So we were just yeah. like, okay, we'll take it out for now and we'll try and work it into a different style and something like that. So, yeah. so it, it's, it's, they do definitely edit as we go yeah yeah, yeah. because yeah and that's a lovely organic way to work yeah. as well and uh, and what's really nice about the, the, the whole setup is that you um, with, with the shows and also the group itself you have so many backups if anything goes <laughs> yeah. wrong if you know I mean like yeah. if, if one person isn't that funny in the night or a certain game isn't working you just go to the next one or get someone else yep. to help out and that's such yep. a reassuring way to work as well yeah it's been a real learning curve for me that actually yeah. because obviously this is my first noise tour like we were talking there was a gig a while ago where, and it happens, like you said, it's sometimes you're just not the audience's person. It's just not yep. your night. And they yep. don't, either they don't, they're not picking up what you're putting down, you've not been as good as normal, or they are just going really with somebody. And like this particular gig, I really remember, they were just, like, Matt was having a brilliant gig. Yeah. And I was having a not-so-good gig. It wasn't, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't as good. Yeah. And so I remember speaking to Tom afterwards, and, like, we were just sort of discussing that. And really it becomes about setting the person who's killing it up yeah. so always making sure that they're going to be the person who does the thing because the audience are loving them yeah, yeah. Um, and it happens to each of us everybody has one gig where they have an amazing gig and then another gig where they don't have as good a one but it's such not a me I'm never I the knew, best I knew it <laughs> I'm, never the, I'm best? never the best I'm always second best what do you think every single show <laughs> <laughs> when you don't move anywhere um, you, you take away that being a problem You've got to stop just sitting in the dressing room and doing it from there. You've got to start coming on. You've got to start being on stage. (laughs) Always second best, that's me. Um, uh, I've got a couple of uh, silly questions if if you're up for that. Yeah, tell me. Okay, so um, you can answer this individually or as a group. But uh, uh, um, Three men and a baby scenario. If you had to raise a child with two other comedians uh, or... In this case, sketch comedy groups or improv groups. Uh, who would you pick? And on top of that, on top of the two groups, who uh, who would be the funniest? Who would be the best actual parent? And who would earn the most money? Wait, so you, you wanted to pick right. groups here? Well, it can be either a, 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 comi- a stand-up comedian, a group, or uh, okay. where, however you want to answer. <laughs> I like that because, of course, we are already four men and this baby, so <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's getting a lot of parenting straight away. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I am contract bound to say Laura Lex because I'm married to her. <laughs> yeah. So, you like, you know, like, Very I've much. literally said that'll happen to her. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so probably her. I, I, <laughs> I would probably choose as, so obviously Laura has got, is going to be, because we can't decide this independently. We do everything as a, as a group, obviously. Yeah. So Laura is one of our. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick Laura. Yeah, and that's fair. That's fair. I think I would pick someone like, um, 
like Carrie Marks. I don't know if you've ever come across Carrie Marks. Carrie is fun. You just think he's really funny. <laughs> he is, but what a nightmare of a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the parent. point. The question was who's going to earn the most, who's going to be the best parent, and who's going to be the funniest. Carrie Marks for me is the funniest. Laura is definitely going to earn the most. <laughs> and then I guess we'd be well, the best parent. That means we are the best parent. There's four of we, us. We have failed. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is dead or destitute by eighteen. Right. Next question, Matt. <laughs> Well, that was the hornet's mess I hoped it would be. <laughs> um, okay, uh, what is... Um, <laughs> Kerry Marks would be so good, wouldn't he? <laughs> Robin just occasionally just starts quoting Kerry Marks. He'll be in the car and he'll just do Kerry Marks bits. He's my favourite comedian. How would you describe each other in three words? Well, me and Tom or well, the other group the other I, I, members I, I, to describe each other because I think it would be slightly inferred three words yeah. and it can't be oh are you going to go first no, no I'm waiting for you I was waiting for you oh god right, um, right. three words three words eyes close together <laughs> Robin has very close together eyes <laughs> I, uh, I do his okay. eyes are just so close together like, uh, a you know, you, like a pigeon. Like a pigeon. You know, like um, like de- Robin has no depth perception. He, he's essentially just got one giant eye. Yeah, drinking tea is a nightmare. I've got, I've got some serious burns. All right, it's not. It's not, it's not nice. <laughs> How would I? The thing to- is, now I've gone first. Obviously, you're just going to do that, that slam. Get me. My best friend. <laughs> That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> so much worse. I don't want to be your fucking friend. Yeah. Close side freak. <laughs> Second best friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good one, Matt Hoss. Um, uh, I've got I've got a brand new question. Oh, which, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll work, but we'll. Like, it's, hey, let's go. I think you are the right people to ask. Okay, okay. go on. Who is your favourite Armitage? Richard Armitage, the actor. Simon Armitage, the poet, or Armitage Shanks, the urinal. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? It's, it's not bad. I mean, it would purely because... It's so niche! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mine would definitely be Armitage Shanks, because I, I've never experienced either... I, don't, I couldn't even tell you who Richard Armitage, the actor, is. Who's he? Isn't he, isn't he um, King, King Dwarf in uh, the Hobbit films? Uh, I should, to be honest... You I, need to know the answer yeah, to that, Matt. <laughs> I, I think... I thought he might be in Jaws, but I'm not. I don't know. Oh I don't, wait, I don't, I'm picturing the guy who's um, who's the leader of the dwarves. What's his name? Gimli. No, in the <laughs> Hobbit films, Sam. No, Sam Pacelli from the Noise Next Door. Uh, uh, Oak Shield. Uh, Oak Shield. Is he not? Should is we, that not Richard IMTV Armitage? It? Uh, yeah. However, Simon Armitage, I could I could talk for days about Sana, oh, Simon Armitage. Don't mind. Do you, it. Rem- do you remember that poem? Uh, the the one about being in the science classroom, and he talks about is that him? And he put putting the the, the scissors over the Bunsen burner, uh, putting the handle of the scissors over the Bunsen burner, and then giving them to the uh, the girl he likes, so that when she puts them on, she burns her fingers, but it burns a reding ring into her skin. That's brutal shit. Yes, yeah, well, he was, you know, he was talking about being an angsty teen. I really remember that. I really remember the Oh, image. I don't remember that at all. No, yeah, Armitage Shanks for Robin, for sure. Um, Who's Richard Armitage? Let's, let's, I'll just Google it quickly. Oh, damn it, Matt. I, I can't believe you didn't even know the answer I, to your own question. I thought of this on the way to the gig, uh, to the interview. And that's becoming incredibly apparent, yes. <laughs> the right. level of professionalism on display. Rich. Richard Armitage. I think he is, he's, uh, yeah, maybe not. I reckon he's the, he's the, 
Hans. You've definitely uh, enjoyed Armitage Shanks most, though. Definitely in The Hobbit. Uh, yeah, okay. And then he's, he was also, um, like, in The Vicar of Dibley. He was, like, uh, the sexy guy that she <laughs> oh, okay. nearly married for a while. Oh, no. A really tall one. And then he plays a dwarf. Huh. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, he's in that. Uh, can't really picture. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. Richard, I nailed it. Richard Crispin Armitage. Richard Crispin. Oh, Richard Crispin Armitage! <laughs> <laughs> no, you could have said the Crispin. <laughs> he's, in, he's in Spooks. He's a love Spooks. That was good, that. Yeah, there you go. And The Hobbit. Uh, I told you he was in The Hobbit. Well, it's still Armitage Shanks from yeah. Robin. Yeah. <sighs> I'll go Simon Armitage because of the uh, the, the brutal Bunsen burner incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, the thing is, when I saw... I, I saw a documentary uh, with um, Simon Armitage and he hosted... Uh, talking about... Uh, he did um, Odysseus's trials. Uh, like he, uh, he followed Odysseus's route through Greece as well. And cool. it's a very, very nice documentary. And uh, <laughs> he was just nice all the way through. So he's... I've picked... Pick him as well. Okay. Right. So, it's so it's a win for Simon Armitage. <laughs> I don't believe it. Well, uh, <laughs> we should probably uh, wrap up relatively soon. Oh, I like these ones. Uh, uh, these are my favourite questions. Uh, How did the noise next door for? Boring. Yeah. Piss, poetry or acting? Um, if you can... Okay. Oh, here's, I've got some really yeah. old questions which I haven't... Which I don't like... Good, but uh, <laughs> yes, these are the ones. Are, I they, are they better or are they worse? Better or which worse is your favourite Armitage? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. It's, it's a toss-up. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Here, let's let's go into bad bad question territory. Yeah, I love it. Uh, if you could bring any uh, a single comedian to a, a desert island, uh, uh, who would you bring there? Kerry, <laughs> Marks. I. He's so funny. It's Kerry Marks. <laughs> day of the week but wouldn't you wouldn't you get a bit like he would be so shit he'd be so useless I can just imagine him sitting there doing good jokes and then dying of starvation because he's not moved he's just doing bits about we got we got to a really long conversation once about a statue being built who was it oh I fucking can't remember but it was uh, Rich Kerry Marks it's Kerry Marks but the thing is the interesting question is is initially quite fun but then like six months in you know, you got to think survival. You know. Yeah, I'm trying to think who who I back in terms of survival skills. Maybe yes. Nick Page. He's oh, he's, Nick Page. Nick, yeah, I think he'd do pretty well, like helping me survive on an island. Yeah, like I, you know, as much as I love my wife, I would not take Laura to a desert <laughs> island. She would so quickly just give up. She would she she would hate to be um, hate to be stranded on a desert island, especially with me. Uh, so I think <laughs> Actually, I think Nick might Nick be is, the, Nick is the right answer. He's the survivalist. You know. Yeah. I can't think of anyone else who I think has got like. Proper requisites. He's like, he's like building a thing. We, we, we um, so Nick Page lives in a very convenient place for when we're on tour. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, also he's he has a friend. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, what if he listens? Yeah. Now he just knows he's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> convenient Nick Page. Uh, and we said at his house the other the other week, and he is like building a studio. His, his wife's an artist, and he's building a studio. Wow. Like I couldn't build a thing. I can build a thing out of bricks. Yeah. But Nick could. Yeah. Nick Page is the right answer. But bad luck. You're going with I'm Kerry. Going with Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> You'll die on your island. <laughs> We'll be stew. Mm. And uh, okay, when you be on stage, what was the most mundane thing you've ever thought about? Like, have you had a? Oh, just oh, being on stage. Time. Yeah. Well, because sometimes. I, I'm glad you agree because I've asked this before, and people are like, "Oh, I just think of jokes." Like, obviously not. No. You, you gotta have stuff. In I think tank. especially with us because sometimes, like Sam will be saying something to the audience, and I'm just all my job is literally just stand there and wait for him to stop speaking. It happened to me literally like two days ago. I actually missed a cue because I was doing it. So we sometimes have bits where we stand 
uh, in scenes we're standing and we face backwards waiting to be called to be a character or, or hear something that you could be a character for uh, and Sam leaves this particular game and it was you and Sam Tom uh, were doing a bit and you called for like your wife or something and I was miles away because all I was thinking was better put that screen wash in the car <laughs> Otherwise, the, the the screen will be smeared by the time we get home. I was literally like looking at the back of the stage, thinking that for ages, and then and then I heard, ah, well, my wife's not coming, and then I was like, oh, fucking missed that. Then I'm not. That is the kind of question and the answer I would yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Robin. Yeah, I mean, it definitely happens. It happens oh, just all the time. Just thinking about pointless stuff. I, this is this is it's not really answering your question, but it has made me think of this. I feel like I can perform... You know Doctor Stage? You know, when you go on stage, you could be feeling quite sick, but then when you're on stage, you're feeling fine. Yeah. I remember the one time it didn't work for me was... I was just really hungry. And I remember being hungry when I went on stage. I was like, I, I haven't eaten today, guys. I feel really hungry. And I, I did the whole show. The whole show, I was just thinking, so fucking hungry. Oh, I'm going to go and eat. I'm going to go and eat something. I don't think I've got anything in the I was just thinking about food the entire way through. I had a terrible show. It was the only time I wasn't second best. It was that one show. <laughs> and that time, you were third best. Yeah, third best. You were still not as bad yes. as... Still not as bad as Robin. Uh, okay. <laughs> my, you, weren't, you weren't even there! My best friend, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, guys. Thanks. It's a pleasure, man. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. It's fun. Um, where can people find you online? They can find us uh, at Noise Next Door on Twitter, Noise Next Door on Facebook, Noise Next Door on Instagram, Noise Next Door most places, except YouTube, where inexplicably we are Noise Next Door videos. And do you still do uh, a lot? Because I remember for a while you did quite a few like uh, uh, Noise Next Door videos. Uh, and Funny have- you should ask that. Oh, oh, Matt Hoss. Yes, we have just started upping our uh, video creation again. Yeah. Uh, so we've, I think, put out three in the last month. And we will be releasing... It's every other Wednesday. Every plan. Uh, Wednesday's a strong shout. Every two weeks we'll release a video, uh, depending on where we are in the country and if we've got Wi-Fi to load it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, a couple of years ago, you, like, you were doing like quite a few. I remember you did like a, a Marvel movie marathon, and I yeah. don't know, I just, it was just fascinating to watch as well. So. Josh is a very long time. Yeah. As, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I personally loved it. Big dork. So, uh, yeah, yeah I... I had a great time. Also, we just wanted to watch them all. We were like, this is content, we'll just do it and yeah. Uh, yeah. film it. Yeah. In fact, that's what we're sort of doing now is we've got the, the, the videos we're going to be releasing are sort of a mixture of written sketches uh, and also just sort of like behind the scenes things. Yeah, Because yeah. we do a lot of dumb stuff and uh, we thought people might might people maybe might be care. interested. Yeah, so it's kind of like backstage stuff but also uh, written stuff as well. Yeah. Like a mixture yeah. of the two, yeah. Yeah, we've done a few sketches recently. We did one uh, for Easter. We did an Easter egg thing. We did a... A Marvel, a Marvel-based thing, actually, but with you know, like a uh, spoiler warnings. Yeah, we, did, yeah. A th- we yeah. did a thing about spoilers. There are no spoilers in the sketch. Yeah. Um, although I think that would have been one of the main problems. People didn't watch that sketch; they were worried about getting spoilers. But yeah. actually, it was a sketch about not getting spoilers. Be careful how you name things, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we'll wrap up now. But like, uh, I usually finish on this question, which is: uh, uh, Has comedy improved your life or made it worse? Uh, it is undeniably and undoubtedly improved my life Uh, I don't know what I'd be doing if I wasn't doing this I can't even imagine from a very young age I knew I was going to perform and I'm so glad I can do it and get paid so comedy's the win yeah yeah, exactly the same as that I I remember really young I would have been seven uh, watching 
Lee Evans's XL tour. Yeah. And I remember it really clearly. I lived in Egypt when I was growing up and I, I was watching it in like our Egyptian living room. And I remember saying to my mum at seven or eight years old, I want, I want to do that for, for, for a living. And my mum sort of did the classic, okay, well, it's very difficult, et cetera, et cetera. And so the fact that I'm now doing it, I can, yeah, it's 100% improved everything about my life. Yeah, our, our life is exactly like Lee Evans's. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The XL Tour. Yeah. <laughs> Stadiums, wasn't it? Stadiums, yeah. Yeah, well, that's why we're doing the massive stadium that is the Georgian Theatre Royal. This oh. evening, after this podcast has been released, for sure, definitely. Matt, yeah. it's going to be released before tonight, yeah? Uh, yeah actually, I'll, I'll do Express one, but yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I've been editing it all the way through, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming along. Thanks, man. Cheers, Lovely to chat you. That was the noise. Thank you so much for Robin and Tom for coming uh, and speaking to me as well. It was absolute joy to uh, chat to them. And as I mentioned at the start, uh, yeah, I think I was kind of down on Edinburgh Fringe. Like, think uh, I'm a bit of a moaner sometimes, and, uh, uh, and I think just that chat from Robin really kind of perked me up, saying, "You know what? This is a dream come true. Gotta." you got to take it and, stri- and put it in your stride. And ever since I've done that interview, I've been so much more positive towards Edinburgh. And yeah, it's so good. So thank you to those two for their time. It's a slightly longer episode, but I uh, I think uh, it was totally worth it as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, so uh, you can actually see the, the noise in Edinburgh as well. Uh, I'm going to be putting the, uh, the, the show descriptions below. And they're doing an afternoon show and a late night show. And... Uh, t- to be honest, both of them are truly excellent. And you can see them as many times as you want. That's the beauty of improv as well. So uh, do check them out. Uh, I don't need to plug them. You know, uh, they, you know, they're, they have, a, I'm going to say, they have more press coverage than I do. Uh, which is, but then again, uh, I, I, would, I would hope that uh, anyone listening to this podcast would hope uh, to put uh, all of the comedians who have been on so far as well, and uh, and the, uh, our, if you check out our Twitter, uh, follow us at Drunk and Drunk Compod on uh, Twitter and Facebook. We'll put up a list of everyone's shows uh, uh, this year, the uh, two, 2019 Fringe, and do go and support them, uh, give us money and stuff like that. You can also see me at the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, I'm doing my show, my debut hour at the Just the Tonic. It's called Matt Hoss. Here comes your man. It's a show about love and romance. And it's coming really nicely. I've got a lot of press coverage uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, not loads, but good for me. Uh, and yeah, I've been slowly building uh, like ticket sales and stuff like that. So if you want to come, it's ten past seven uh, at the meeting room at Just a Tonic at the Grass Market Centre. It's on for an hour and it's five pound in advance. And I'd recommend you buying it early as well. I, I would really, uh, yeah, really, really hope to see you there. And uh, just check out what I do as well. If you've only listened to this podcast and not seen me live, what a great time to see me do it. However, if you're not at the Fringe, but you do like what I do, uh, why don't you share, I firstly, share this podcast with uh, a friend that you like. Do, you know, if you've, if you've got someone who you think might enjoy this conversation or kind of might help them think in a different way, just send it over to them. Grab, uh, just... Uh, share the link with them and make them listen to it that helps us develop the podcast but also helps you know uh get uh get you know helps everyone i guess uh and whilst on that subject you can give us five stars on itunes um but yeah as i say if you know someone going up to edinburgh uh you can also uh yeah you you pass on my name pass on the show and hopefully you know word of mouth uh brings a lot of people so i would deeply appreciate that as well 
And thank you to everyone who donated to the Indiegogo campaign. Uh, it's oh, we got we raised over uh, three hundred and eighty pounds, which was really amazing. It was very touching, and uh, yeah, uh, and it just means that um, firstly I can eat in in Edinburgh, but also means that I can uh, uh, yeah, it just means I can have a flyer and. Uh, you know, it just helps out because uh, very much uh, touch and go for a moment there. So thank you. Thank you to everyone who is helping out um, uh, and has helped out. All of the things should be sent out now anyway, uh, apart from a couple of things. We've got to do a karaoke track after this, so enjoy that. Uh, I'm doing Saint Anger by Metallica, which is not a karaoke track. Uh, but yeah, so see my Edinburgh show. Um, as I just said, give us five stars on iTunes, please. We've got some lovely responses, but we can always have a lot more as well. So uh, I, I enjoy this podcast. I enjoy doing it. It's all free of charge. No adverts or anything like that. And, you know, I don't want anything. But if you can, uh, reciprocate the favour and just give us five stars. Because we're getting guests like the noise next door. And for Edinburgh Fringe, have a lot more cool guests to it up my sleeve as well. So do, uh, yeah, if you enjoy listening to it, keep on listening to it, sharing. And also, just give us that five stars as well. Anyway, that should probably be it for now. Thank you for listening. Uh, uh, we have some more, yeah, I say, uh, Edinburgh Fringe coming up, so do check out the Facebook for that. And uh, if you want me to get in contact with anyone at the Fringe, anyone you want me to do an interview with, just email me. Uh, go into my website at matthosscomedy.com, go on the contact page, and let me know who you want as well. Anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to Noise Next Door once again. Thank you to the Georgian Theatre for letting us record that. And thank you, you, dear listener. And we'll see you very soon. Goodbye. Oh, you can definitely hear that on the podcast. There's danger. There's danger in Richmond. <laughs> um...